Hey, Seattle hockey fans, happy Friday. And it's not quite a game day, but it is game day eve. I can tell you what, though, it is Jackie Robinson Day. Look at that beautiful Dodger blue. What does this hat have to do with the Seattle Kraken? Well, there are a few ties to Seattle with the hat that I showed with Jackie Robinson Day and all MLB players wearing the number 42. There are some ties to Seattle, so we're going to talk about that. But first, coming up, I'm going to get you ready for tomorrow's game against the New Jersey Devils. We're going to go through the stats and facts that you need to know before that game. Um, we're going to also go back to my conversation with Everett Fitzhugh. We had a conversation for the 100th episode of Locked on Kraken. We also talked about the Black Hockey History Truck. So that will be in the second segment or the second stanza, as I like to say. And we will close out the show, yes, talking about Jackie Robinson and Jackie Robinson celebration and the ties to Seattle, as well as an interesting story that I read that I think leads also to the Black Hockey History Truck. Are we even celebrating Jackie Robinson in a way that he would appreciate? That's what's coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. What's cracking, Seattle hockey fans? Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. Now, as I'm recording this, the Seattle Kraken have not hit the ice yet for practice. They should be soon. Um, but an update, we got an update on the, the schedule for the Seattle Kraken. Um, and so they are practicing today, 10.30 a.m., Pacific time at uh, climate um, or excuse me at Kraken community iceplex tomorrow. They'll have morning skate at climate pledge arena ahead of them taking on the New Jersey devils. Cause it's a Seattle Kraken game day. Let's go. They will also have practice Sunday at Kraken community iceplex. Then Monday again, we'll have morning skate as the Ottawa senators come in to Climate Pledge Arena. Oh, yeah. I will mention, though, that we were given an email that said that out of an abundance of caution, all Kraken media availabilities will be held via Zoom until further notice. Now, usually what that means is that there has been some contact and not every time, but more often than not, it also means that we're going to have a member of the Kraken go into covid protocol. Oh boy. Now I know not everyone follows women's basketball, but there was definitely from what I understand a little bit of a situation at the women's final four in Minnesota. Lots of media members ended up 
essentially in COVID protocol. So I don't know what that means for the Seattle Kraken. Again, they haven't hit the ice yet, which means that Dave Haxtell and the team has not addressed the media yet as of at the time of this recording, but we'll keep you posted, um, if anything, over on Locked on Kraken on social media. But like I said, tomorrow is a game day. We've got the New Jersey Devils. Now, the last time these two teams played, I was at that game. It was at Prudential Center in New Jersey, and uh, it was a 4-2 win for the Devils. Now, the New Jersey Devils um, were able to score early, uh, but it was Ryan, Riley Shan that got the first goal for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, also, Jared McCann scored in that game, but the Seattle Kraken could never get the lead in that game. You also saw that the Seattle Kraken, they were outshot uh, 33 to 29, not terribly bad blocked shots, 17 to 11 also in favor of the devils. Um, in this game, you had Joey Decord. He had a 9.06 save percentage. I want to talk about Joey a little bit later on the show. Um, but, you know, he at even strength was 23 for 26, let in three goals, six of six on the power play. But it was Bernier for the uh, New Jersey Devils went 21 of 22, six of seven on the power play. Uh, Jared McCann had the power play goal at the time. It was his third of the season. So that's how they lined up last time. Let's look at what the stats and facts and numbers are telling us for this matchup tomorrow. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me get my lighting situation here. All right, that's a little bit better. Sorry, we're having a little bit of stormy weather here in Tulsa. All right, anyway, <laughs> didn't know I was going to sing on the show, did you? Every once in a while, it happens, it comes through. Okay, all right, let's take a look at how these teams are lining up for tomorrow. Um, both teams coming in with a loss. The Devils 3-6-1 in their last 10. The Seattle Kraken 4-6-0 in their last 10. You know I like to take a look at the stats and figures here, but um, <clears throat> you've got the power play. Neither team particularly good on the power play. Uh, penalty kill also, um, you know, they're in the 70s, though, the Devils have a better penalty kill um, than the Seattle Kraken. Um, you'll see goals for the Seattle Kraken are still hovering at about 2.5 goals per game, whereas the Devils at about three goals per game. Now each team lets up um, over three goals a game on average. So we'll see what happens here. Again, it was Joey Decord that got the start. That was a road trip. That was part of that road trip for the Seattle Kraken to open the inaugural season. And we know that um, Chris Drieger was hurt during that time. Again, don't have any insights for you from practice. Um, we haven't had any media availability since the media availability that I shared with you um, on yesterday's show talking about, of course, Maddie Beneers, talking about Ryan Donato and how I just love that combo, that Massachusetts boy combo there with Jordan Eberle on the top line. So we'll see how things fare there. But look at who's trending right now. Um, I didn't play the um, – 
the clips, but Alex Wenberg, and there was a lot of conversation in media availability about Wenberg. As you can see, you know, in the last five games, he's got four points, how important he has been to this team. Eberly getting him going. He's been a little bit of up and down throughout the season, but two goals in the last five games. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Now, Nico Dawes is uh, quite the goaltender. Um, in case you do not remember or were not privy to, I got to call a New Jersey Devils game on Devils Radio along with the amazing Kelly Schultz, who you might remember from our roundtable conversations. Um, Nico Dawes, I got to see him up close and personal. Similarly to the Kraken at times, um, the Devils have been having an up and down time in net. And um, yeah, so Dawes coming in has really stepped up for the team, though the team overall still struggling. Um, so now what I want to do is I want to take you to some standings because we do have some teams that have already um, – established positioning in their specific divisions. So um, we know that Seattle is not one of them. Um, mathematically, they have been eliminated officially, although, you know, we kind of knew that was happening. But if you look at the New Jersey Devils and the really, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of separation in the Metropolitan Division, as you can see here. Um, <clears throat> and that's where the Devils play. They're just a tick ahead of the Philadelphia team there, the Flyers. almost said the Phillies. I've got baseball in the brain, but we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. Jackie Robinson a little bit later. Um, also... Everett Fitzhugh has promised me a baseball conversation. If I would have remembered and thought about it, probably would have tried to have him on for today's show, at least live. But you'll get to hear him in the next segment. Anyway, back to the hockey. Carolina, New York, Pittsburgh, all in in the Metropolitan Division. Let's skate on through here uh, in the Atlantic, Florida, Toronto, and Tampa Bay usual suspects there. Then in the, in the Western Conference, in the Central Division, you've got only Colorado right now, and the Pacific baby is wide open. So you're saying we have a chance, not this season, but you're saying we have a chance in seasons uh, in the future. And I have said I my prediction can still stand. I was hopeful that the Seattle Kraken would make the playoffs in their first season because I felt it was a step to my big, bold prediction as I was just getting the show started. You might remember. I'll have to float it on social media at Locked on Kraken. But my big prediction, you know, I got thrown right in making predictions. My big prediction was the Seattle Kraken will win a Stanley Cup before the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Almost said aces. That's a WNBA team. Hey, WNBA training camp opens up officially tomorrow. That's something to keep in mind as the Seattle Storm, I talked about it yesterday, will be playing at Climate Pledge Arena. The farewell tour for Sue Bird, also Sylvia Fowles from the Minnesota Lynx, will be retiring this season. It's going to be litty, lit, lit. We'll talk about that more in the offseason. Anyway, Pacific Division, wide open, baby. Let's go. So the Seattle Kraken got to get it together. 
I am expecting some big moves in the offseason in in the draft. We've got so many draft picks. I think we're going to parlay those into free agency. And we have to because something that I had been mentioning also as we were getting toward the draft and certainly toward the trade deadline once again is that the Seattle Kraken is in a division that has been weak for a long time. What does that mean? Weak Teams get higher draft picks. They get in the draft lottery. So now you have some of these teams that either have been able to utilize some of those higher picks to get a prospect that they really want or to make moves. And you're seeing that some of these teams, I mean, Calgary performing like we expected them to last season. Remember we had Haley Salvian on the show to talk about that. Now they got your boy, boy, yarn croak on that team. Edmonton starting to find pace. I mean, the, the differentiator here for Calgary, a plus 72 in Pacific division. Are you kidding me? Then you've got a plus 75, or excuse me, a plus 25 for Edmonton, plus 22 for Vegas. But again, mathematically, they have not clinched a playoff spot. So let's look at what the wild card situation is also. Um, The wild card. Now, this is where it gets tough because you can see here that the strength of the other divisions make it difficult for a Pacific division team to even make this list. Like, what are we (laughs) what are we even talking about? What are, we, what are we even talking about right here? None of them. But be, that's because you, if you want to advance in the Pacific Division, you have to be a top team in the Pacific Division. So that is where the Seattle Kraken has to get to work. I still, though, my, my predictions can still hold true if the Seattle Kraken start getting it together. Let's get cracking folks. Um, I want to see more assurances defensively, not just on the blue line and the, on the back end, but, uh, team defense, little mistakes. I want us to evolve. I want us to have that growth spurt. We're out of that teenage mentality. And now we're in our, you know, in our early twenties. Now, early twenties, I am past 30. I know I don't look it, but, um, you know, when you're in your early twenties, you start to think a little bit differently, but you're also a little reckless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to party hard, you work hard, you play hard. I'm okay for that evolution. I just want some of the s- silly mistakes to go by the wayside. If you get it done on the ice and then you want to have a good time off the ice, I'm okay with that. Get the job done. When you're a teenager and this is a teenage team, you know, that's a thing I keep saying, they just don't know how to put it all together just yet. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Again, tomorrow's game day is going to be hosting the New Jersey Devils. I do think this is a team that we have to be able to strike. We have to be able to play teams that we're competing against. It's at the bottom of the barrel right now, but you have to show that you can beat these teams. And part of that is playing Seattle Kraken hockey. We've seen glimpses and glimmers of it, but the consistency is not there. So I guess I want to see the potential of Seattle Kraken hockey sans actual Seattle Kraken hockey, which right now at least is inconsistency. That's going to be for Saturday. As I always tell you, make sure you're watching Locked On now if you want to get my thoughts on the game. But uh, okay, this is what we're going to do coming up next. I told you we're going to have the voice fits back on the show. 
it's really, you know, a piece of, uh, of our conversation that I've told you I've been holding for a while. Now is the time because the black hockey history museum is coming to Seattle, baby. I'm going to have all those updates and there's actually a connection. There's even more connections to black hockey history, mobile museum and Jackie Robinson. I'll tell you all about it, but right now I'm going to tell you about built bar. I do not have my built bar snacks with me today. I'm going for something a little more crunchy, a little more salty, but I'm regretting it because I'm telling you, I need a crazy amount of protein, just my metabolic, you know, the way my makeup is, I need a lot of protein. And sometimes when I go into the salty or more savory snacks, they get me in trouble. And then I want the sweets as well. That's why I love though, when I do have my stash of built bar that I can still kind of get that hankering for, for sweet in particular, such a sweet tooth. I have such a sweet tooth, but I'm also getting the protein that I need. And that's because most built bars contain 130 calories. I can eat a lot of calories in a day, but they have to be the good calories. And this is good calories, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. That's what I need. I'm learning all about it. Not to mention, as I, I've talked to you about before, I love chocolate. I love good chocolate. These built bars are 100% covered in real chocolate. That includes the puffs, which is a marsh marshmallow, a protein infused marshmallow in the built bars, mint brownie, coconut almonds, plain Jane coconut. And of course the white chocolate cookies and cream all available. And there's always new flavors rolling through and Built Bar is all about the taste, baby, while still getting your daily fix of protein. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and that will get you 15% off your next order of Built Bars. That's, again, promo code LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off your next order of Built Bars. Happy snacking. I mentioned it earlier, folks, but you're going to want to, especially since a game day is not falling on a weekday, make sure you check out Locked On Now, where myself and all of the other Locked On NHL hosts, and actually the host all throughout the network, I'm wearing the network uh, logo today. I've got my, you know, I've got my nice polo on today. Uh, make sure you check it out. We put in the work, and we are giving you updates even over the weekend and the place you can catch them all is on Locked On Now, as with everything on the Locked On Network, available for free on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, as promised, we're going to get into it. The Black Hockey History Mobile Museum, presented by both the NHL, the NHLPA, and American Legacy Network is coming to Seattle. I'm gutted that I won't be out there. I was planning to be, just didn't work out, but the Mobile Museum is going to be there. And when I had a conversation with Everett Fitzhugh, who has, is walking black hockey history, he's walking hockey history, we talked about this. Now, this is before he made his official network debut as play-by-play with JT Brown while John Forslund was on a national broadcast. Um, so this was before that. This was before I called my first NHL game and made a little hockey history uh, with the New Jersey Devils, which ironically are coming into play Seattle. So 
There you go. That's my best uh, big fat Greek wedding impersonation. There you go. Windex. Anyway, this, it's just so amazing. Um, I enjoyed this conversation with Everett so much and I saved this piece because I knew the black history mobile museum was going to roll through. Like I said, I was hoping to be there. It didn't turn out. So if you hear me refer to that, just know that that is the case. But, um, here's my conversation with Everett Fitzhugh about the black hockey history mobile museum and its importance and why celebrating black history is important. Welcome, Seattle hockey fans, to another episode of Locked on Kraken. This is our 100th episode. Can't thank you enough for coming along this journey with us uh, for the 32nd uh, NHL team as they embark on their maiden voyage. And today, because it's a very special episode for Locked on Kraken, we have a very special guest, the voice of the Seattle Kraken on radio, Everett Fitzhugh. The voice fits. Everett, how are you? Erica, I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic now that I get a chance to sit down and chat with you. We've come yeah. across each other a few times in Seattle, but huge fan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, it was uh, it was a huge honor uh, when I was finally able to meet you for the first time as well. Um, I I'd read your stuff. I'd heard about you. I, I knew about all the, the history you yourself was making. And when I found out that Eric Ayala was going to be one of the people to cover us, I was I was like, well, how lucky are we? This is great. So this is, this is just as big of a deal for me. I can promise you that. You owe it to the sport, but more importantly, you owe it to your yourself to be that influence that you may have never had um, to help people along. And I hope that I'm not the only black man at this party. As they say, I don't want to be the only black guy at this party. Like I, I I'm praying. <laughs> I, I cannot wait till I look to the press box next door and there are black men, there are black women, there are, 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 are Asian men and women, there are Hispanic men and women, there are Muslim men and women. It doesn't matter. I hope that there is someone out there who comes from a historical, historically underrepresented community who is on their way to, to this to this plateau where we, you and I, Erica, are lucky enough to find ourselves. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking out. I don't know yeah, that yeah. there are many uh, black women or women of color that yeah. are serving um, on the call, you know, as either play by play or as an analyst. We certainly have um, some women who have yeah. represented in the studio, including uh, either former or uh, active players like Sarah Nurse, Blake yeah. Bolden. And I absolutely love to see that. But to your point, I mean, there's just so many people that are, are trying to make their way through. It does take a lot of hard work. And, you know, you say you use the term cliche, but I think more so it, it might be just that everyone says it because that's what it takes. Right. And, and also too, if I may, I, I think also being in this industry, getting in this industry, if you want to be a play by play announcer, that's great. But the number one thing that I was always told when I was applying for jobs what else can you do? Can you, can you write? Can you do social? Can you put together a video? Can you do digital work? Can you do uh, sales? You know what I mean? If you want to work in this industry, you have to be um, 
able and willing to, to wear many hats, other duties as assigned. When I was in Cincinnati, I was the PR director. I was the broadcaster. I was on the marketing team. I did our social media. I did team services. So all of our team travel. I was the mascot on a couple of occasions. Um, we'll get into that topic later. When I was in Youngstown, I did all of that and sales, um, corporate and tickets. So, you know, working in this industry, you have to be willing and ready to do a lot of things. And I understand that, you know, a lot of us, we're stretched pretty thin. It's in, in those lower levels and it sucks and you're not paid as much as you should be. A lot of people aren't paid at all, which again, another conversation for another day, but it's one of those things where if, if, if the ultimate goal is worth it. You have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit for it. And I've seen so many people who aren't willing to do a lot of the little things to get there and it's cost them. And, and, and you know what, if you are in a place where you can't do that, that's fine. That is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But a lot of folks, you know, I tell people, when you want to work in sports, you're not just showing up every day watching watching hockey and watching basketball. And I know people who work in these different leagues, they don't even get to see half the games that they watch because they're they're working. So um, that's, I think, another piece of advice. Be, you know, malleable, be uh, able to, to wear different hats and, and be willing to jump in where needed. Yes, absolutely. And as the great Although fictitious, Jimmy Dugan once said, that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, I had to do it. Uh, such a great movie, League of Their Own, just in case you didn't get that reference. Oh, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I didn't mean you, Everett. I meant the other you. Ah. You know, those people, those the people that you. are watching us. The yeah. royal you. <laughs> the, the you. The you of it all. <laughs> but um, Everett, as I said, I did want to get to black hockey history. Yeah. Because I, I think what um, the passion that you have for the future, I, I have that same burning passion and try to incorporate it in my work for what came before. Yeah. And um, I, I get the sense that you share that as well. And, you know, you, you're watching an Edmonton team growing up. That's how you fell in love with hockey. Yeah. But, um, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Grant Fuhrer, like, I mean, yeah. so many amazing players that have come through. But Grant in particular is um, one of the many athletes now that um, we can have as an example of black and other BIPOC players that are in and around hockey. And that's why I'm really excited for another year of the NHL Mobile Museum in conjunction with American Legacy Network. And uh, it's just a, a great opportunity as someone who is walking hockey history. Uh, just your thoughts on the NHL committing for the past handful of years to displaying this history uh, at the top of the year. I think it's huge because again, I'll go back to it. When I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of really any positive black influences within the game of hockey uh, that I could look up to. You know, I, I had the, the Oilers, I had Jerome McGinley, um, you have Kevin Weeks and, and, and those guys like that. But, you know, aside from that, there wasn't a place where I can go and, and see people who look like me. And this is a great opportunity for people who either are, are, are closeted or open hockey fans. I know a lot of black folks who are, 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 are hockey fans 
friends in private because they don't want to get made fun of by their friends. You know, we can't go to the barbershop and talk about the Seattle Kraken power play. That, that's just something that we can't do, right? But there are people out there who want to talk about the Seattle Kraken power play. I think this is an opportunity for those people to see where we have come as as a sport and as a people within the sport and all of the different achievements and accomplishments that have been made and that have been that have happened before us and and so many folks want to talk about Willie O'Ree who is wonderful is an amazing human being um and 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 what he has done to help us get to a place where we can recognize our history has been phenomenal and and he is so committed to telling other stories as well and there are so many of those stories out there um that may that may go on untold or, or unheard so this black uh, black hockey history tour is something that i think everyone should go see if you have an opportunity to see it because you'll find out as as i was told many times as a kid Hockey ain't just for the white boys, okay? Hockey is for all of us. Hockey is for everyone, and representation does matter. So there's going to be that kid here in Seattle or in Detroit or wherever that Black Hockey History Tour goes. Um, they're going to go to that that bus, and they're going to go to that tour, and they're going to see, wow, like I, I can play hockey I can be a hockey fan. I can wear hockey merchandise. I can be a season ticket holder, and it's okay. And that is what I think is so important about that messaging. And and the NHL, what they've been been trying to accomplish here over the past couple of years has been great. We still have a long way to go, but the fact that we're having these conversations and we're starting to bring all of these issues and all of this proud history to light um, is is amazing. And it's going to take people like you Erica, continuing to fly that flag and to carry that torch and to give a voice to this uh, topic and, and getting that out there. So go see that history tour when it rolls through your town, wherever your town may be. If it doesn't roll through your town, find out the closest town it does roll through and get there. Um, if I see someone here in Seattle, you find your way to Seattle, I'll buy you a beer. It's on me. Let's go. We'll, we'll hang out together. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll take a tour through black history ourselves and i'm looking forward to it oh i love that absolutely and uh i think you might be buying a bunch of beers now I might, be a bunch of beers. <laughs> <laughs> I might be buying a bunch of beers uh, at the top of the year or come the spring when i, I believe the, the truck is set to roll through yeah. but i think also what you said which really resonated with me is that you know that i think we focus a lot on the firsts especially yeah. for as you mentioned um groups that are historically underrepresented and listen like you said, Willie O'Ree, or as I would say, uh, and always do say, Blake Bolden yeah. deserve all the flowers, especially because yeah. they, they didn't get them when they, they as they were coming up. That being said, there are so many people that have come after. after. And it's important that we don't, you know, the, the kind of like Santa Claus effect that sometimes mm -hmm. happens and we can have a full conversation mm -hmm. about um, this sport that we all love. And so I think it's great. I'm hoping to get to Seattle when the truck rolls through. Yeah. So we'll have to have a part two uh, come the springtime. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. What can I say? The voice fits a man of the people. Um, and I really just love everything that the, 
the comms staff and the broadcast teams have been doing for the Seattle Kraken. It's inspirational for me as someone who's coming up, um, starting to cut my teeth now in the NHL. Thank you to this fantastic community that we have with the Seattle Kraken fans. Um, so it's it's always amazing to get to speak to people who really energize and inspire you. And Everett Fitzhugh is definitely one of them. And so, too, is I think it's important to know the history. So if you haven't already, go check out um, the ALN Mobile Museum. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the man, Jackie Robinson. Look at that Dodger blue. Oh, it's so beautiful, right? It's amazing. It's Jackie Robinson Day. On this day, 75 seasons ago, Jackie Robinson made his Major League Baseball debut, becoming the first black man to play in modern era of baseball. That's very important. Not the first ever, but the first in modern in the modern era. So when you're going on the ALN truck, look at the intricacies and look at the language because representation matters, but so does language. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's, of course, NBA playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball. Jaggy Robinson Day, 415, baby. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. As always, I want to thank you for listening to Locked on Kraken, making us your first listen of the day. It's a it's a jam-packed one. It's an exciting one. As I said, I didn't put on my hat because I'm trying to let the curls breathe a little bit, but I am so excited. Um, I probably talked about this when I got this hat, but I got this hat earlier this year it's a wool look at that satin lining on the on the under part of the rim 42 for jackie robinson that's the number that he wore with the then brooklyn dodgers you know i'm from new york not from brooklyn but i'm from new york the dodgers um moved to la jackie robinson did not go uh with them but uh this is a fantastic hat look at this with the Jackie Robinson signature on the back. And where, pray tell, did I get this from? Ebbets Field Flannels. Now, some of you may know, this is a Seattle-based company. They do fantastic work. They go retro, not just with baseball, but with hockey as well. Um, and I love, this is the first time I've ever had a, a, a wool hat. Um, I am a little bit scared sometimes to wear it, but I've been assured by many people that Ebbets Field, they know how to make them. They know how to make them. Uh, they are not sponsoring Locked on Kraken or me. I'm just a huge fan. I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm a huge fan of vintage baseball stuff. And this is my first vintage, uh, not my first vintage uh, paraphernalia. I have a uh, New York Cubans jersey, super oversized for me, but I saw it uh, for a good deal and I couldn't, uh, let it go. Growing up, my mom had one and I don't know what happened to it, but I used to wear it to school and stuff like that. I don't know what happened to that Jersey that she had, but I've got a wool Jersey, very itchy. Uh, and now this beautiful wool hat, 
Ebbets Field, um, Ebbets Field flannels, vintage and authentic Seattle, Washington, made in the U.S. of A. So what are some other connections to Jackie Robinson? Well, the first being I just told you about the Black Hockey History Mobile Museum. And I did some work with American Legacy Network for the Beijing Olympics. And I was covering black athletes there. And I also got to do a contribution to ALN celebrating Jackie Robinson Day. So I'm going to play a short little clip of that. But it's me tinkering around Tulsa. Tulsa is a double A affiliate of who else but the Los Angeles Dodgers. There's also a really interesting history here in Tulsa. And so I did a little quick hit. You can watch a clip of it right now coming up, but also head over to American Legacy Network and check out the whole thing. Hey, sports fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala here reporting for American Legacy Network live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm right here at the corner of Archer and Greenwood, a part of the historic Greenwood District, also known as Black Wall Street. And right now behind me, you'll see that there is this amazing Jackie Robinson mural as part of that centennial celebration. Now I'm here a year later as we are on the eve of the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson integrating modern baseball. And this year, not only do we celebrate 75 years since Jackie Robinson integrated modern baseball, we also commemorate 25 years since he made his last public appearance at the World Series in Cincinnati, Ohio. And at the 1972 World Series, Jackie Robinson addressed a crowd of over 52,000 fans and said, quote, I am extremely proud and pleased to be here this afternoon. But I must admit, I'm going to be tremendously more pleased and more proud when I look at that third base coaching line one day and see a black face managing in baseball. Now, it can be said that since Jackie Robinson and his speech 25 seasons ago, yes, we have seen black coaches in Major League Baseball and right down that third base line, as Jackie said. What we haven't seen that many of, including to date, is black managers, or essentially head coaches in baseball. As of right now, there are only two black managers in Major League Baseball. That is the legendary Dusty Baker and Dave Roberts, who won a World Series championship as a player with the Boston Red Sox and as a manager with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So whether you're headed to the ball game, watching baseball on TV, or just thinking about the legacy of the amazing Jackie Robinson, make sure that your celebration includes American Legacy Network, where you can stream now. ALN presents the Black Aces, talking about black pitchers throughout baseball. And of course, you can watch the Jackie Robinson story, starring Westchester County resident Ruby D herself and Jackie Robinson as Jackie Robinson. From the Greenwood District of Tulsa, Oklahoma, aka Black Wall Street, Erica Lindsay Ayala reporting for American Legacy Network. So, yeah, you saw me yesterday. I was wearing this fantastic hat. The 
the it's actually a hockey jersey that I'm wearing that was given to me at a Brooklyn Cyclones game. So again, minor leagues, they're an affiliate of the Mets, my favorite baseball team. And um, it actually is signed by the, the season one New York Riveters, the women's hockey team, because I was going to games as a fan before I became a journalist. And the only hockey paraphernalia I had was this jersey that I got out of Brooklyn Cyclones game. So I was like, all right, well, at the time they were playing in Brooklyn. It was a hockey jersey. It was one of those crossover promotional things. And I was like, I'm going to wear this. Here's the thing. When you get a promotional hockey jersey for a summer sport, it's not very thick. I was freezing my tuchus off wearing that in an ice arena. Learn the lesson the hard way. And that's why anytime you see me at a hockey game, I am bundled up all the way, all the way bundled up because I hate being cold. Anyway, I digress. So that's one connection. I told you that the Ebbets Field flannels in Seattle. I probably have talked to you and I know I've posted on social media that I have the Nike Air Max Griffies. They're beautiful. They're absolutely, they're, I wore them to the expansion draft. Sound of Hockey and Darren, Darren Fun Guy can attest to that. That's when we first officially met. Um, fresh. They're, they're a little bit scuffed because I am a little bit of a klutz. I stubbed my toe earlier today. Um, they're a little bit scuffed, so I'm probably going to have to get another pair, but mwah, they're beautiful. So why am I talking about the iconic, legendary Seattle Mariners, uh, former player, now part owner of the Seattle Mariners? Why am I talking about him? Because if you look at a segment on MLB.com making rounds, I'll put the link in the show notes. Ken Griffey Jr., was the one who went to then-commissioner Bud Selig and said, listen, I want to honor Jackie Robinson, Ken Griffey Sr., huge fan of Jackie Robinson, aren't we all, but also found Jackie to be a role model. And Ken Griffey Jr. growing up knew that and wanted to honor his father's hero (laughs) and wanted to wear number 42. Bud Selig, as the story goes, as told by Ken Griffey Jr., is like, all right, Ken, give me a a day. Let me talk to Rachel. Rachel Robinson, the widow of Jackie, turns 100 years old this year and will be at Dodger Stadium later today. Oh, I, I, can you tell I love this? I'm, I'm geeking out, man. This is amazing. I might cry. I'm going to try not to. I was joking a little bit, but also after I said it, then I started feeling like I might actually cry. Anyway, got the approval from the family. And so the rest is history. Every year after that, not just Ken Griffey Jr., but every major league player that steps on the field on April 15th or whenever Jackie Robinson Day falls, it doesn't always fall on a game day, whenever Jackie Robinson Day is celebrated, everyone in major league baseball wears number 42. But here's the kicker. In 2022, they've changed it up that now every number 42 that you'll see on a Major League Baseball field this year will be in this beautiful Dodger blue, regardless of the team. 
I will end the show with this because I could literally just keep talking. I mentioned that there's a story about the legacy of Jackie Robinson. And I think this actually kind of fits into that. There's an amazing story on baseball prospectus. I'm going to show it to you right now um, by someone that I think is absolutely amazing. And Shakia makes a really interesting argument that Jackie Robinson might not even really like Jackie Robinson Day. So she writes, and I think, and I tweeted that this fits hockey very well, actually. Uh, Quote, I know as well as anyone that baseball is a sport that is deeply rooted in nostalgia. We love the past. We love that shit. But we should start using the past to inform the present and create a better future, not spend the present patting ourselves on the back for the past. I've written ad nauseum about the shortcomings of the league on issues of race and gender, so I really won't get into it right now. But we could really pay homage to Jackie Robinson by flipping the script. Let's have a day of service where teams get into their local communities and lend a hand whenever it might be needed. Instead of every team wearing 42, maybe every team wears the number of their first. I love that. And actually, stick taps to the LA Kings, they kind of did that. They had Willie O'Ree and their first black scout, Blake Bolden. And the reason I know is because I won the auction and I have that Blake Bolden jersey in my house. Actually, it's in New York, but either way. Or, I'm going back to the article now, or, and this one might cause a bit more chaos, let the players choose which first they'd like to represent. Can you imagine a Jose Abreu wearing a mini Minosa White Sox jersey? Or how about a Jackie Bradley Jr. in a pumpsy green number 12? Honoring Jackie isn't just about a man, it's a movement. And in representing a movement, one must remove me for the we. Each team wearing all their firsts or players' choice brings the idea of Jackie Robinson and all the firsts to the micro level. It makes it individual. It makes it local. It brings teams and fans together by connecting them to the story instead of making them merely observers. And isn't that what we all want? To be active participants in a legacy. Come on, let's go. Shakia Taylor. Uh, make sure you're following Shakia Taylor and her amazing work. Celebrate Jackie Robinson Day, but also the first. I'll wrap this up with something Seattle Kraken related. Uh, I forget what account it was, but um, someone was asking, you know, if you have a Seattle Kraken jersey, did you get a blank one? Did you get this? Did you get? And so I did. I took the little official, super official Twitter poll. And I've said this on the podcast before. I have a blank jersey. Why? I would love to have a Maddie Beneers jersey. Uh, Geo, I would have I would have appreciated. Um, also kind of perfect timing there. Anyway, um, you know, uh, you know, I love Ryan Donato. I've loved the, I love the guy since our conversation guest of the pod, but I, I have a blank Jersey and it will be blank until we get our first black or melanated player on the Seattle Kraken. I will not buy and I will not have the Jersey number. So I love what Shakia is writing about. I think she's fantastic. If you're into sports, But certainly, if you're into baseball, you need to know who Shaquille Taylor is. That's the show, folks. Wow, we went all over the place. But you know what? 
I love doing this show. I love talking about Seattle and how it relates to me even all the way across the country. I mean, I'm from New York, but I'm making my way west. I'm making my way closer to Seattle. So that's the show. Tomorrow's a game day. So we know what we got to do. Hold fast. Stay true. And at the top of our lungs, let's go cracking. I'll add beat the devils. Ooh. I'll see you on Monday.